Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today is March 23rd and there's quite a bit of news today. Some not so good news, unfortunately. And we'll start off with that, but there's some Maserati stuff. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of Maserati stuff. Uh, Ford did some pretty amazing things with their Lightning, so we'll talk about that. Um, there's a really cool Porsche that I want to go over as well. And well, we have to, of course, talk about the flying Tesla. But first, let's talk about Tesla. <laughs> it goes right back to them. Uh, they had a, a huge bump in price recently. And their entire lineup is like basically just jacked up. Quite um, significant too. Like it's it's not like a couple hundred bucks, like what you would typically see all oh, model year to model year, facelift to facelift. Um, pretty big jumps. We just had a jump too. That's mm-hmm. that's the big thing, is that we we had a jump on the model three here what, what was it like two months ago? I think so, yeah. Yeah, when it became ineligible for rebates that's you know that hurt sales significantly um obviously people still waiting for their deliveries for cars they ordered at the old price which is nice because they're still honoring that price um but if you want to order one now not only do you not get any rebates here in bc but it just went up this week an extra fourteen hundred dollars so now base price on a model 3 sr plus no options, no colors, uh, no 18 inch or no 19 inch wheels, 61,380, uh, which is $1,390 increase. And that's already on the lower side because they know that car's price is going to be more elastic. People shopping for that, they're really budget conscious. Um, but if you look at the performance model, it's got even even steeper increase the performance is up $4,500 the long range is up three grand so that's just model three so that's fairly significant $4,500 like that is now uh over 80 before tax yeah the the pricing here is actually kind of crazy um the one that I noticed right away was the model y Mm. uh, because I actually just posted a, a model y versus an ionic 5 video the ionic 5 and model y that I took from the dealer that was beginning of March. So like it wasn't that long ago where that car was under eighty thousand dollars, seventy eight K. Borderline under twenty thousand dollars more than yeah. I, like now it's like no you're you're it's it's a it's, whole Honda accord. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it, I, it always boggles my mind that people are making these comparisons because when we factor in our rebates and our rebates here in BC aren't even that aggressive, I feel like. It's um, not as good as Quebec. Quebec is, is a lot better than ours. Yeah. And even then, it's like, it's a huge difference between a loaded uh, Ionic 5 and a base model, Model Y. Yeah. Um, so it's not really a apples to apples or even like you shouldn't be cross shopping those cars in my opinion but so many people are that's the thing yeah everyone talks like they they're comparable but they're not they're really not um the the shocker here is the uh the model x price changes i think that one that that's super significant Fourteen thousand for the all-wheel drive fifteen thousand eight hundred for the plaid Mm -hmm. that's that's a lot of money. It's like what ten percent? <laughs> like it's 
is pretty big and I'm sure their costs probably went up over 10%. And that's kind of why cars like the Model X, um, you know, from economic standpoint, that's going to be something that's more inelastic. So even though the price changes, people are not going to suddenly withdraw interest from that car. They still want it. Uh, if they still, if they want a plaid, that's what they'll get. And for a long time, the plaid is still going to be the fastest car you can get. Um, the Model S also had increased. I didn't write that down, but um, yeah. it was the same thing. It was a huge jump. 7,000 um, and 8,000. Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty, it's not pretty as much huge. as the X, but still, still significant. Yeah, I think the X got so many more moving parts that their cost has to have gone up. And that's one thing you got to keep in mind. Tesla's still smaller company. Like these are lower volume cars, globally speaking. I know here in Vancouver, or if you live like Bay Area, places like that, you're going to see Teslas everywhere. But overall, they're lower production numbers. And what happens there is they don't have as much control over their manufacturing. And when their costs go up, it goes up significantly. Because, I mean, let's put it simply like I'm... You know, we sell a lot of tires here at the shop. Oh, and we're filming or I'm recording from the shop today. So we got a lot of tires here. Um, tires have been going up every other month. Every brand has been going up five, six, eight percent every other month. And it's like you have to translate that cost to your buyers. Uh, and unfortunately, it's just constant price increase. And it's it's kind of a good and bad thing. Like if you already own one that's going to help you with resale value because the new car is going to be that much more and you got yours at a lower point and it's not going to hurt. And I think that's going to be across the board with any, any new ish car is that do expect price increases, but no one really expected this big of a jump from Tesla. Cause I mean, they've been making these for a while now and you would think they had it under control, but they, they just increase their price and then they increase it again. So that's pretty, pretty significant. Um, Rivian also same thing, right? They have no control yeah. over their production. So if a supplier is like, you know what, this component is now 25% more shipping on it is this much more. They got to uh, translate that price over to the buyer. And the problem with Rivian is that their, their, price increase is is retroactive is that the right word it's is that yeah it is yeah to if you haven't taken delivery yet your car has now gotten more expensive it's see with tesla it's it's very fair because uh it's more than fair i would say that you know our prices have gone up our costs have gone up so if you want one if you want to order one now uh, it will be more expensive but if you already put your order in at the old price we're still honoring that price um yeah but rivian they can't i they, don't yeah they just don't have that market share they, they don't have the market share they don't have the profitability they're going to be losing money regardless lucid's losing a lot of money everyone is not doing well in this and especially with you know, smaller companies, they're going to suffer the most. Cars like the Ionic from Hyundai, uh, the Mach-E, you may see smaller increases, but it's not going to be as uh, volatile, I guess, is the word. Yeah. Um, what I'm kind of curious is like, I mean, Tesla has always talked about uh, producing a smaller vehicle than the three. 
Mm. Model 2 was supposed to be like, like this $25,000 um, electric little hashback kind of thing. Hopefully, but no one really knows. I mean, it. looking at prices of Model 3 at 61000 Canadian dollars, this Model 2 is going to be like a forty five, fifty thousand Canadian. It's going to be basically where the Model 3 was for us three years ago. Yeah. You could get one out the door tax in for 50K. Now a Model 3 base model tax in is 70K. So yeah. it makes sense that that's the next segment down. And that is where people are shopping. And even at 50K or low mid 40s i don't know how competitive that is everyone wants a tesla at the end of the day though so yeah that um but everyone else is making products as well right like id4 is 45 id4 i think is competitive against a three um yeah and it's still significantly cheaper even if five yeah if you go full load with a and you get dual motors for just I think it's 50 yeah yeah like mid 50s so it's you still get, cheaper than the cheapest three you can get yeah and, and then you can get the premium package cool. on top uh real real world range uh is really good on the volkswagens i think yeah you can get it's that cool. i mean the ionic 5 that we just talked about um the ev6 is a very good competitor as well mm-hmm. nissan has the aria coming out uh, Toyota, BZ, 4X, Subaru, Solterra. Like, there's a lot of vehicles in that segment. I'm really curious how this will change even just our local landscape because I'm so sick of seeing Model 3s everywhere. I, I got to agree with you. There's a, so many out there. Like, yeah, it's so boring. Everyone just, that. like, you don't think it's, it's the Kleenex of electric cars. That's, yeah, it's, iPhone. it's, Right, it reminds like, me of like the '90s where everyone had a beige Corolla and a Camry. Yeah. Yeah, That's or basically like it's one or the other, um, or Rav Fours. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically all. There's so many Rav Fours. I remember. Remember when we went to test drove that first uh, Rav Four? Like every oh, the block every block had like, one, and we're like, "Is it that one? Is it that one?" <laughs> yeah. They, it's 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 actually mind blowing how how popular that car is, because uh, we're not talking about new ones. Like talking about 15, 20 year old Rav Four still everywhere. Yeah, there's still a and lot of them. I'm really curious how these pricing increases, the lack of incentives, how this is going to change. I think people are ultimately going to have to look at other options, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say like. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of excited, but um, not so excited because we don't we haven't bought our EV yet. Like you haven't bought, you no. know, thinking, and the prices are just going up every other month. It feels like I called I called a local dealership for an EV that I want. I'm kind of thinking about maybe it's a good good kind of car to get. Um, mm. <laughs> it's MX30. <laughs> It's it's six hundred and fifty dollars a month, uh, for a four year lease. You can't get the pricing online. Mazda Canada's website just doesn't have it. But six fifty a month for four year lease. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You could also lease a four by e for that. 
Yeah, but <laughs> a four by e only gets me fifty kilometers if I'm lucky. This yeah, gets me. This four. gets me a hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah. But we're uh, let's let's move on from that. We won't talk about the MX thirty because uh, you know what I in the past month I've driven over a thousand kilometers in that thing. That's a lot more than I thought I would. The and anyone's driven in that mixture. Yeah, it probably is. Um, and I have nothing but good things to say about it. There are some bad things, but we'll we'll talk about that another day. Let's talk about Maserati. Hmm. Maserati, the Italian brand that no one really thinks about. I mean, when you think Italian brands, people are thinking, like, even if it's not supercar, they're thinking about Alfa Romeo. Probably not Maserati, in my eyes, anyways. I mean, I, I don't see... They're not as much of a flex. That's the problem. It's a, yeah. Maserati in the 2000s and the early 2010s, it was a flex like to have a Maserati. Now, you know, it's still like a, a cool name to say, but as far as what they are, it's it's like a hyped-up Chrysler 300 and a hyped-up Grand Cherokee is all <laughs> they have to offer. And you just endlessly get roasted for buying those cars because they're <laughs> so poorly made and the, the ghibli is really bad <laughs> yeah well this is the brand new car uh this is called the i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly is it great call or that like i honestly don't know um one of the many positives of buying a an italian car you can have a car that you don't know how to pronounce properly Grecale. 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 All right. So yeah, this is their, <laughs> this is the brand new uh, SUV from them. It's similar in size to like a Macan. So it's like a smaller, sportier uh, SUV. So there are three engine options that you have to consider. The base, which is a GT, that's Turbo 4, 296 horsepower. There's the, uh, is it Modena or Modena? Everyone says it different. I've heard Modena, Mod, like everything. All right, so it it's matter. it's it's something. Man, I love these Italian names. Like, this <laughs> this is the greatest. It's it's. I'm gonna say Modena. Uh, mid. That's a mid range. Same turbo four. You get 325 horsepower, but you also get this top trim, which is the Trofeo. That has the MC20's twin turbo V6 making 523 horsepower. And that's the one that people are excited for. Mm. But here's the thing. The base price of this is 65,000 US, which is about almost 10 more. I think it's like 9 more than a Macan. I mean, base Macan is I've never seen a base Macan. I've never seen a Macan with less than 10k in options. Right. Uh, because you have to, like they're so base. I would assume this will be similar to that as well. Yeah. I remember you know, seeing one like, you know, I think I'm fairly conservative with my spec. And I think a base four cylinder Macan, I still got it up to 70. Um, I wouldn't expect this to be any different. Now, Macan, the, the it's super popular car. Right now, the wait list is like a year long. It's it's like any other Porsche product. So 
to be fair, MSRP is just a suggestion and you <laughs> That's literally are... what it has inside. That that's what the S stands for. <laughs> MSRP. It's it's whether you can really get one and whether you can get it at that price is is another question. Yeah. Um, two so, very different stories. Yeah. But, but I I think get it. I think this is pretty nice looking. But it reminds me of like a GTA Five car. Yeah, it's a little bit alpha. Like, I can see they slapped the Maserati grill where an alpha grill would have been. Um, no, I like it. I like it. I think it looks better in a Levante. <laughs> yeah, no, the Levante. I don't think the Levante looks good in really any way. But this, this at least looks a little bit better. Um, I like that they still put in the uh, the three portholes by the uh the front fender reminiscent of a buick uh (laughs) regal uh i think all buicks actually have that i think they all have it i think six cylinder buicks had three holes yeah v8s had four that was how you can tell i think anyways Mm -hmm. um but yeah this is going to be probably one of the more popular suvs uh from maserati or popular cars from maserati all altogether uh, because their Levante is their most popular vehicle. I mean, this will, because being a little bit smaller, I think it's going to um, kind of overtake that. Um, but look at the success of the Stelvio <laughs> here in North America. What's what's success? <laughs> exactly. um, I think the Stelvio actually in other markets is actually reasonably popular. Like it's relevant, but it, it's such a, it's such a, catch 22 i feel like with alpha dealers and i don't think maserati dealers any different i think they're worse yeah well no actually arguably maserati dealer is more enthusiastic about their product an alpha Mm. dealer is a chrysler dealer that just happens to sell alphas but are there any actual maserati dealers i think it's ferrari's Hmm. Well, that's why they're 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 more enthusiastic about their brands. They're more proud, okay. and it's not as depressing going into an a Ferrari, <laughs> obviously. Um, so that that is going to help it, I think. Is if you are shopping in that segment, it's it's a lot less depressing going into a Ferrari Maserati dealership than than uh, your local Chrysler dealership to get Chrysler your Alpha that yeah. used to push Alpha, and then when Alpha flopped turned out to be a crappy investment they just kind of dropped it you know, <laughs> aside. i think you still can buy alphas i mean alpha of vancouver still exists it does i don't even know if the lights are on half the time like i i've driven by in the daytime and i can tell you the lights are off <laughs> that's what i mean i've driven by there as well and i can't really tell you if if there's there's business i mean i'm sure the repair shop is busy oh <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is this is exciting. This is exciting. I think. Um, I mean, to keep forward with the times, there is going to be a full electric version coming out as well. The full electric version, it's going to have a hundred and five kilowatt hour battery, which is actually quite large uh, for a smaller SUV. Because most of yeah. these generally you get like seventy five, eighty, hundred and five is actually a decent sized battery. Yeah. Um, no pictures of it, nothing that they have really shown off or whatever, but 
you know, I mean, considering 105 kilowatt hour, you're probably looking at at least 500 kilometers in range. So it should be pretty good. Um, Tesla is only what 75 for a base model. Yeah, but Tesla also has really efficient motors. Oh, true, true, true. I don't think Maserati motors will be that efficient. Hmm. They might have a few fray wires here and there too. <laughs> it's Maserati after all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I do have to say that the interior looks really cool. Um, this one is like some sort of special edition thing that they got going on. So the clock in the middle is not really a clock. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a clock, but Lots of screens kind of yeah. Land Rover-y. Yeah, those ones don't work. The steering these... wheel is uh, very. That's alpha. an that's a very alpha steering wheel. Yeah. Uh, the paddles look exactly the same as the alpha, and then the knobs you. on the bottom it's very similar as well. Yeah, I mean overall, like it's it's a nice looking car. Um, it but it does give me kind of that GTA kind of vibe. Yeah, and it's, it's a like... little bit predictable. Like there's nothing. Totally. There's no uh, like significant wow factor but i think people still want to buy it for the brand because yeah that that's part of the mystery too with the levante i can't tell you if that's a seventy thousand dollar car or a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car because i don't know like it's as with anything automotive it's like it's worth whatever anyone's willing to pay for it yeah and you know, like the Ghibli's used were going for like 30. 30? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can but, get one for 30 anymore at this market, but... Yeah, but they, um, they look more expensive than they actually are. On the outside. On the outside. Yeah. It looks just like the Quattroforte, and I couldn't tell you why the Quattroforte is more expensive either. Not the not the new ones. The old ones, yes. I yeah, could have I could have definitely tell you a little bit more. The, the new ones are no real difference. No. Uh, but Maserati has a little bit more than just the Gorkali or whatever you want to call it has in store. Uh, they also have uh, some information about the brand new uh, Gran Turismo. Mm. So they say Maserati is going to be the first Italian luxury car brand to produce full electric models. So, I mean, how many Italian luxury car brands are there? It's Ferrari. Um, Romeo. Ferrari, Lamborghini, Lancia. Lancia is not a luxury car brand. Um, Fiat. <laughs> when did Fiat become luxurious? Um, actually, you know what? I was driving behind a 500L the other day. I was like, huh, the windows on this actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like it's they're so big it's such a big greenhouse i was looking at the people that they're inside like i saw like half their arm because there's just so much windows anyways super off topic um saw 500 hell that you really never see one but the gran turismo i like to try it because it has three motors 1200 Ooh. horsepower they say um what else did they say 186 miles per hour top speed zero to 60 in about three seconds which is pretty standard these days anyways um i mean how come tesla can do two seconds with their three well that's that's because they're not actually doing zero to 60 they're doing like two miles per hour to 60 because they have that um yeah but still they're they're doing like People are like, oh, 1.99. 1.99 is really hard to do, but people are getting like 2.2, 2.3 all day long. Oh, I don't know. So, 
Italian yeah. flair, you know? Yeah. It's a little different. The shape is very Maserati Gran Turismo. It looks like the old one. It looks like the old one, but they, they heavily facelifted it. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. When I said it looks like the old yeah. one, it's 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 a good thing because they've the old good, Gran Turismo... Like, they've been around for, what, 25 years of the, the, the coupes since yeah. the, the resurgence of Maserati uh, as we know it. Um, and they they look really nice. That was really the only reason to buy one. <laughs> you don't buy it. Well, they sound nice, some of them. Yeah, they, they sound pretty good. I mean, when you're buying cars, I, I think this and like Aston Martin has like some, some of the, the very common things. It's like it just looks good. It's a piece yeah. of art, right? Like you want it. Like is is this handbag, this designer handbag, like does it carry more stuff? Does it no? Is it more like weather resistant no like that's not how these things no. work if you really want a fast sports car you'll probably pick up a porsche 911 yeah you're not you're not getting a mouse <laughs> no <laughs> well, it don't make sense it, 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 objectively these cars don't make sense but there is a demand for them absolutely um but let's move on to ford this one actually you know what i am quite happy about um so ford f-150 lightning we talked about it in in great detail like months ago um but the final epa figures has been fully rolled out and it's actually pretty good so the base model with the smaller battery you're gonna get 230 miles that's 370 kilometers the extended range so the bigger battery that's 320 miles or 515 kilometers and that's on basically all trims other than the platinum trim the platinum trim i would assume is because of all the things that it has on it uh, but you get slightly less range at 300 miles 483 kilometers but you're you're looking at about you know about four or five hundred kilometer range which you know on a truck that isn't loaded that's the thing i think it's good but i don't how, think it's how enough bad will range be affected towing a small trailer that's yeah so when you talk about like these epa figures we're talking about when the car isn't loaded mm. right which I, ultimately applies 99.9 percent .9 of the time what people are really using pickup trucks for is just to drive to work pick up the kids go get groceries like there's but yeah but for people who are actually using a truck for truck duties like yourself you have an f-150 that you use for truck duties i saw was like four sets of wheels on it yesterday yesterday five five yeah like, like four exhaust and like <clears throat> three sets of coil over it fit everything it's pretty yeah cool. so if you had a lightning you know i'm sure you'll be able to get to point robertson back because i think that's where you guys went mm -hmm. um you you have no problems going there and back because the distance really isn't that far Vancouver, we live in a relatively small hub where yeah. 500 kilometers is more than sufficient. But for the people that live in the middle of Texas, you know, is that going to be enough? That's the thing. I think if you, for the urban environment, even if you're doing work, even if you, you, you lose your range, you know, if you cut it down by 30, 40%, you're still really well covered uh, mm -hmm. to do a lot of <clears throat> work. And so that's kind of nice with uh, with the lightning, and you're saving huge compared to probably what you used to have 
Um, you know, if you're replacing an outgoing model that's five or six years old uh, with the Lightning, it's it's going to save you huge on in terms of gas bill. Um, yeah, but in this day and age right now, so like, no, let's say for your needs, if you need a truck for actual truck duties, would you pick up a Lightning or Power Boost? Mm, the Power Boost is a safe choice, right? Right. Like right now, with our infrastructure and everything, I just feel like a power boost just makes more sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you're using a car or truck for business purpose, you're probably writing off the, the fuel expense anyways, right? So that's that kind of throws another curveball into the whole calculation is like what's worth it to you i think for people that are driving trucks for as their personal daily vehicle the, the lightning makes a lot of sense i think for for businesses not having to worry about range and still getting really good fuel economy is is perfectly fine too uh so i think for it really depends like what your situation is not only uh commute wise but also you know tax tax incentives yeah yeah ask your accountant which one you should get <laughs> but my accountant's not a car guy he he has no idea but how much more is the lightning i can't remember yeah that's, i can't that's, remember the price oh, actually no they have the stripper model right For the, they do have a stripper um uh like a fleet model yeah but I mean, the fleet model is going to cost a lot less than any power boost because the power boost you can only get it with the lariat and above. I uh, see. For my needs, I have to go power boost because the reason I use a truck is to tow cars from here to remote areas, like three, four hours away, to go to track day, and it doesn't. Electric only one won't work for those purposes. I think unless you can charge it there. Yeah, only if you can charge it there, and you might have to charge it in between too. Actually, you definitely have to because if it's if it's four hundred k range, like say here to to Oliver, is uh, Oliver's in the other room. Yeah, Oliver's. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, typically you're you're talking about three three to four hours, so you know a couple hundred k uh, with a trailer is not going to make it. Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm I'm curious. I what I really want to do. I mean, what I really want to do is is do a range test when it's loaded with a trailer, um, mm -hmm. or at least a car on the back to see kind of how far. Yeah. But I'm sure there's going to be big channels like TFL that's going to do that. They're going to do a lot of those. Yeah, because they, they did one mm -hmm. with the uh, the Rivian as well. So, yeah, cool. let's move on to. A very, very special Porsche. Porsche Classic. So Porsche Classic is Porsche's in-house kind of resto mod restoration division. Um, they made this car. This is called the 911 Classic Club Coupe. Not Coupe, Coupe. Because it's designed for Porsche Club of America. Um, so it's... It's a one-of-one, one-off restoration. They basically found this car in a dealership in Virginia and shipped it back to Germany and just restored it. It used to be black, and now it's this kind of unique sport gray metallic paint. Very, 
I, I want to say new school, but it's also old school in a sense. Yeah. You could totally see this color on a first gen 911 or what's that 914 mid-engine car. Um, pretty cool sport gray metallic paint. Um, Duckbill spoiler, Fuchs wheels, 18 inch, uh, kind of classic look, houndstooth interior with the blue stitching. It's really nice. The seats, the interior actually looks a lot more modern with these seats and with the, uh, the touchscreen. It actually looks, you know, like something you would buy today almost. Yeah, the, the padded dash, I think, adds a lot to that interior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just it just looks cool. Like it's... And I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Porsche, Porsche Classic was like, this is the most unloved generation of 911. <laughs> and it's it's the 996.1. So it's the most unloved version of the 996. I, I was going to say, I'm like, is there any information of why they chose the 996? Yeah, they specifically wanted to just show off, hey, this is the kind of stuff we can do. This is what we can make a kind of ugly duckling car desirable. Um, so that's kind of cool is that it's, it, you know, the GT3 actually 996 is still very desirable. That is, it never stopped being desirable. That was, yeah. uh, and same with the turbo actually. It was, it's just the, the base narrow body three, 3.4 liter, uh, making like under 300 horsepower. That was 3.2 or 3.4 with the early ones and 3.6 later on, hmm. um, so they, they took the 996.1, 1998, so the first year, so literally the most undesirable IMS problems, everything, and then gave it a Gen 2 GT3 motor. So out of 996.2 GT3, uh, which does not have IMS issues because it's got the Mezger block. Um, so yeah, just giving it like real performance because 376 horsepower in a car that weighs under 3,000 pounds, I think 996 was fairly light back in its day. Um, still competitive today. It's still relevant, right? And that's that's the thing is, you know, a lot of these cars they're they're not they're they're meant to be driven. I think. And if you drive a 996, it still drives like a 911. It's a real 911. Um, I don't think they get that much credit for what they are, but uh, yeah, no, that's. Oh, one really cool thing about it is the the roof is is very subtle because of the stripe they put on there, but the roof is actually double bubbled. Um, so it's got that. Extra oh, I see it. Rinse. Yeah, you have to see it at a very specific angle, and then it will. Uh, it it it's it's a really neat, really neat project. I think super expensive, I bet, but because it's one of one, and you're getting the factory to do it for you. But yeah. It does, it, it does kind of make this car more relevant because it's not about this specific example, but I think it's just having a conversation about making old 911s that people didn't really care for desirable. And I think anyone can, can level up their 996.1 like this, you know, maybe not to the extent of changing the roof, um, but, or swapping in a GT3 block, but, you know, there's, there's things that, you know, make this car. This is the halo car for retro 996s now. And 996 now been 25 years. So it is pretty classic. Um, same with the Boxster, first gen Boxster. Like those were under 10 for the longest time. Yeah. So uh, 
it's pretty pretty neat what they're they've done they stripped it down to the the chassis to and everything yeah yeah and they actually like some a lot of stuff to just renewed with what's on the shelf with brand new parts they actually also develop new parts for it which is really cool um but yeah just it's, it's all about keeping the, the these cars alive and keeping uh and just keeping the passion about it which i think is really neat because like honestly there's a lot of cars i see on the road where i'm like why are people like still driving these because you would think not 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 any portion at all but i mean like let's say you have like a 95 buick something or other four-door sedan and it's not even in good shape and it's like why are people still still driving these why are people still putting money into these maintaining them when you could get a new car that's a lot safer costs you less to run because you're not fixing it every day and get better fuel economy and everything and just yeah like a new car just makes sense and that's kind of the thing when cars get to that age where they're they don't make sense from a vintage perspective and they don't really make sense from you know just being cheap transport then they just die right like they just yeah. go rot in a junkyard somewhere you get someone to come by with a tow truck like my one of my best friends had had an s40 volvo 01 i want to say um they just gave it to someone like I, i've been trying to get them to tow it because the car is not drivable and i've tried jump starting it and whatever it's like it's been neglected so much because they don't need that car but they've been insuring it and i'm like why are people still paying even if you're on the most the cheapest insurance is still like over a thousand bucks a year at least yeah just for it to rot and you know it's cars like that that i just don't see any reason to exist and someone actually like a family friend like took it i'm like this is like don't take it like just spend two grand and buy like a corolla yeah it's, it's... Yeah, like you need basic transport buy like honest to god basic transport a car that's designed for basic transport yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely that car is just gonna be problems but yeah i yeah. For some reason, this car reminds me a lot of. Um, there was a 997 that had kind of a similar look to it. I, the classic. I think so, right? There was a 997 classic or something that had a very similar, like, ducktail, yeah, same wheels. Classic. Yeah, so it, it totally rem- has that, like, vibe for me. And I absolutely love this thing. Um, I mean,. Everyone hated the 997 or sorry 996 um, blobby headlight that they had. Yeah, I, you know what, I don't mind it. It's kind of weird. Like I kind of like it. I have a customer, like really regular customer, who's had it since day one, since brand new, a black one with the GT3 Aero kit. Nice and like just like this one with that same shape. And I put on some 19 inch BVS wheels on it. It looks, looks really good. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, it's not going to be fast, but it has, it has its own character. It has its own sound that you can't really find anywhere else. Yeah. A unique shape. Like there's, there's definitely, there's definitely reasons to love these cars. And that's why they've gone up so much in price too. I don't think it, this was even prior to all the chip shortage and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, no. I uh, I remember there was at the lowest point. 
I found a 996 for like 20 something K. A, a coupe. Less than that. Less than a that. coupe. It was 20. Yeah. It was a good condition coupe manual for 20 something. Yeah, a manual 20 something. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you I was like, I was like, dang, that's actually a really good deal. I was like, yeah, it'll, it'll drop more. Never did. <laughs> uh, you can get convertibles, automatic convertibles for that price now. Yeah, That's and really ultimately it. a nine nine six and a nine seven are not that different. No, like everyone, everyone likes the nine nine seven, but the nine nine six is you can make them perform just as well as a nine nine seven. Yeah, you really can. Um, speaking of performance, kind of yeah. over with the new stuff, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about a certain viral video that's been roaming around. Um, you may have seen it. Everyone, I got sent it like eighteen times. <laughs> It's uh, essentially some guy rented uh, a 2018 or so Tesla Model S, decided to jump it on a hill in San Francisco. Um, there were other YouTubers present. Um, some big names were there and they got, um, well, it, it was just a, a bleep show. Let's just call it that. They jumped it. It landed onto the other side. It hit a bunch of garbage cans hit a few cars like and then apparently everyone scattered um and then apparently like half an hour or so um one of those big time youtubers came back and just assessed the situation and found like debris all over the place but no one talked to the police no one like confessed who did it and or anything like that yeah, it's someone knows who did it oh Not absolutely who was driving but someone knew who did it <laughs> like they were at some tesla meet beforehand yeah and then and then the guys like oh my my meet ended at 10 30 this happened at like an hour later like this got nothing to do with the meet <laughs> yeah really though you know all like randomly there's gonna be like i don't know how many people were there but there's a lot of people there because i saw that jump from many many different angles mm -hmm. It's just there's just so many things, right? But you know what? I'll I'll take your word for it. You don't stunt on the street. You don't do any of that, even though you've been proven wrong many many times. Uh, but it's, I mean, there's there's a time and place for everything, but that that is not the place to jump a vehicle. Yeah, like I I if you were to jump a, a Tesla, like I get it. It's kind of cool, but not in a public street like you don't know who's walking on the sidewalk they're lucky it only hit a, a parked car right park car and a few garbage cans that's all they hit they super lucky someone could have been walking their dog yeah you know that's sure they wouldn't make it like yeah. you have a five thousand pound thing hurling at you at speed you're not making it and yeah. like i don't know this whole generation of cloud chasers doing you know takeovers and donuts and all this kind of weird stuff on the street on public roads like it it makes a bad name for all car enthusiasts yeah it, and it means the ones those of us that want to be responsible and enjoy our cars responsibly we don't get to as much leeway anymore yeah no things things are quite different now um like, sure, that, that video happened in California, but here in Vancouver, we've been dealing with 
other issues with law enforcement and stuff like this doesn't help like takeovers doesn't help having all these things doesn't help the situation at all like we just get constant problems with uh with law enforcement just saying you got a performance car you must be doing something bad no and i mean it also brings to light that you know a lot of people are like well now internal combustion engines are basically being phased out don't expect any less idiocy from the younger generation (laughs) and it's not just young people i'm not singling out you know certain generations but people will still continue to do stupid things with their means of transport people were probably doing this on their horse and buggy (laughs) yeah they probably were (laughs) right like it just it it comes with the territory when you give someone the means to and wheels like stuff happens yeah And, and i don't think it will ever stop happening you can make these cars drive themselves and people will find ways to to you know make it something really dangerous happen <laughs> yeah i don't know if you saw the videos of um, tesla model 3s drifting in a parking lot no. um i'll send that to you I, it was actually quite entertaining because they, they were two tesla model 3s doing tandem in a parking lot the parking lot wasn't empty there were cars there so 100 percent wasn't closed off or anything like that but like yeah, it's not an internal combustion engine thing. It's just when you have a car, people just do dumb things with it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, you know, I, I think back when I was younger, I wanted to do dumb things, but yeah. I thought, <laughs> I, 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 at least I'm a little, I guess I was a little bit smarter. I mean, I, I did a few e-brake turns, but I was literally in the middle of nowhere at the end of a like a long driveway in the middle of some parking lot of an abandoned building i was like okay there's literally no one here i'm going to try one e-brake turn just to see what that's like yeah and no and that's like literally like we all whenever it snows we go to like some remote area where there's no one around there's no chance of injuring anyone right like if you're gonna wreck your car whatever but don't put other people at risk like that's that is the the big takeaway is you're doing these really life-threatening you know did you see that takeover video where the guy like was a g37s like the red one? Oh yeah and then like a, yeah i saw I the he got shoved i think the guy got shoved but he he was in critical condition he like, went under that car everywhere. he went under for a while like he was Man. it was parked on top of him for a while i don't know if he made it but this was also really recent um, yeah, I saw that. The video is very graphic. But, like, that stuff doesn't make sense to me. Like, there's... Here in Vancouver, there's so many places that you can go to the, to really test out your car's performance. Um, there's groups, big groups of track days that you can, you know, enjoy your car. If you like drifting, you like messing around the local track, the mission actually has drift days where you can mess around and have some fun. Like, or no. And I mean, even, okay. Mission just ended it because they, 
they're getting too much uh, wear and tear on their track hmm. from the from the drifting. But even then, like people that were street drifting, like quote unquote street drifting on on legal roads, they're going to industrial areas in the middle of the night where they're not hurting anyone. It's illegal. Not condoning it, but at least at least you're not hurting anyone. Yeah. Not on some like street where a bunch like, of people live, because that's basically residential street and slide into you know, like to turn left. Like it doesn't make sense. Hmm. What are you doing later? <laughs> I am currently driving a very safe Lexus NX. I don't think I can slide into anything. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's just some of the, the issues that, you know, are, are, are coming around these days. But, you know, we just want to shed some light. Don't be dumb. You know, think about others. Um, don't hurt people while you're being dumb. Feel free to hurt yourself. Yeah, feel, feel free to do whatever you want to yourself. <laughs> Take care. Have fun. But just don't hurt people, because um, once you do, then you know things things just go south real real, real fast. Um, like I've seen a lot of videos of people like drifting out of uh, cars and coffee and like events and stuff like that. That's yeah. what get events shut down. And there's no fix for that. Like people have their phones out, and you think, oh, you think people would be ashamed to do it, but no, it encourages people. Like, yeah. That attention is, it, it actually encourages the, the type of people that are dumb enough to do stuff like that. It, it encourages them. Well, that's the thing. Like, they, they stop there and they check. It's like, oh, people have their phones out. Like, you can see the person's face as they're drifting out or whatever. You can see the car. You can see plates. It, I don't know. It just, it really doesn't make sense. Oh, and you know what? Tesla knows who's driving. Tesla knows whose phone was in that car when they were mm, driving. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't, because that one was an earlier Model S. I don't know if it has an internal camera as well, because I know newer ones do. Mm, good point. So, yeah. anyways, I mean, just don't be dumb. Actually, remember that incident where the Model Y was racing the uh, Supra? The Supra? Right? Yep. Yeah. That Tesla just handed everything over. Yeah. I don't know if, if that's common knowledge, but Tesla handed everything over to police. So they know who was driving, how long they were flooring it for, how fast they were going. Uh, that guy is, is, is definitely guilty. <laughs> he's, he's got no way out. Uh, and that's one that's, I guess that is kind of a saving grace with the new cars and everything being so connected, everything being so data driven these days is you will be caught. Um, there's, there's no, there's no getting away with it anymore, no. it's, you know. And I think that's really it. Do you want to talk about the GT4 RS a GT4 little bit? RS, um, just bombarded with the YouTube videos last night. Really cool car. Uh, a lot of people mistook what I said about it because I, the GT4 RS, if you look at the press videos and everything and all the reviews, it's this. What color is that called? Arctic gray GT4RS. Arctic gray, perfectly nice in its own right. But with the YSAC package, all the exposed carbon fiber bits and the mag blue wheels, it just looks disgusting to me. And obviously the fanboys are going crazy for it. So a gray car with blue wheels is disgusting to you. 
and so, Thanos, uh, like exposed Thanos lips. <laughs> so our friend Peter with his gray sonic gray pearl civic type r with the blue te's that you sold him <laughs> that's ugly no actually his car looks okay <laughs> <laughs> there is like some uh it, it's the arrow right like it's just the combination and the yellow calipers and the exposed carbon it just it just looks so tacky that gd4rs like the gd4rs is an amazing car and you know what? I don't even doubt that everyone's saying it's the best car ever. And I think it is like there yeah. are, I cannot think of anything that I would want more. And that's why people are already talking about how much over MSRP these cars are really going to go for. Yeah. Um, I've, I watch a few of the videos. There was, there was just way too many for me to go through. Um, but a few of them have said that it's better than the GT3. Yeah. Cause it's, it's more enjoyable and, Porsche specifically designed it to be as such. Yeah. Who was calling our store on a Wednesday? On a day that you guys are closed? Yeah. I hate, <laughs> I hate block those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, if, you're, if you're reading, is that poor? Um, <laughs> that, you can't, that you can't figure oh, yeah, out. No, GD4RS, I, I am a big fan of it. Don't get me wrong. It, it's literally just that one color combination that they decided to plaster everywhere that i just don't enjoy um, gray blue wheels yellow calipers and carbon bits if yeah, you have those black, that good if you have those that combo dust is not gonna like your car but if it was an fk8 then you'll be okay well and no here's the the, <laughs> the problem i have with that is not that okay well porsche picked an ugly combo the problem i have with it is that the, the Porsche fanboys will be like, "Hey, that's the car to get." That that's a co- that's a color combo to get because hey, that's that's what's showing. Yeah, that that is the most desirable spec you could even think of. Yeah, because they always talk about desirable spec. Like the the Porsche community is so toxic. Like if you if someone crashed one, they'll, all they'll say is, "Oh, guess what? Your car just went up in value because there's one less on the road." Oh. Right? <laughs> Like, they're so obsessed with resale value and I don't really get it because if you saved enough money to buy one of these cars, you should know what a real investment looks like. <laughs> it's not, it's not. A, a aren't aren't you getting into this club? I'm, I am not encouraging anything like this. And but, yeah. But you are getting into this club. I don't know. <laughs> I'm more into this club, the 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 Raf War Club. Raf War Club. You are the on your on your history of uh, vehicles. You have three Raf Wars under your belt so far, mm-hmm. right? Is it's it only is it only three? Yeah. We I think we need to step it up. I think there's two more generations that you didn't, you know, get ICBC I feel like approval the fourth for. Gen is like just not. No one wants that one. Yeah, it, it got like, soft. There's no selling point. Well, no, it was the first hybrid. To be it fair. was the first hybrid and the first one that had a trail edition. True. It's not yeah. a bad car in any way. But Sounds like you want one. There's, okay, you get the I fourth gen. That's the problem. You get a fourth gen. I'll I'll see if we can find a, a first gen. If but I I'll want find... a first gen, it's got to be two doors. I was just going to say, a two-door, five-speed, uh, four-wheel drive. Yeah, which is just impossible. Impossible to find. 
I don't even need five speed. Honestly, an automatic two door with all wheel drive, I will still, I will still take. That's it. still pretty hard. That's still pretty so, hard. To find. It's still and convertible. Of course, I mean it's two door. It has to be the convertible. <laughs> um, this is actually the the first time the Rav Six is on the channel. Yeah, we could do a. Yeah, I've been we'll I've been meeting. I've been meaning to come by. Hey, you said you're going to come Saturday. Yeah, well, Saturday was raining really hard, and I was like, well, there's no point when it was raining Saturday. Mm. Well, I'll figure out another time. Peak. Yeah, looks good. I'll see it in real life one day. <laughs> Eventually. But I think that's really it for this week. Is there anything else you want to tack on? No, that was it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, listening in and tuning in and all that good stuff. And we'll see you again next week. Take care. Bye.